On today's Winning Cures Everything, the ACC and Big 12 schedules were released, Alabama offensive and defensive coordinator news, National Signing Day recap, Pac-12 and Big 12 meetings, Ohio State, Iowa, Iowa State coaching news, and more. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome back to Winning Cures Everything, where we talk college football, news, and rumors all year round. Now, I'm Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And this is the Friday, February 3rd edition of the show. It's Season 8, Episode 9, uh, if you keep up with that sort of thing. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. And whether you are watching or listening, hit subscribe so you never miss the latest tales from the college football universe. As always, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and toss your city or town in the comments or in the chat. As you know by now, I ask you guys to do that because I, uh, I'm curious where you're consuming the show. Which, uh, which, by the way, thank you for doing that and for sharing it and telling your friends about it. Uh, our new goal is to reach 10,000 subscribers by the end of the 2023 football season. We are well on the way to hitting that now that we're over uh, 8,050 subscribers on the channel. Every like, every share, every subscribe button press is going to help us more than you know. Also, uh, podcast reviews. That, that helps out as well. Apple and Spotify, they push out the show more when you subscribe, when you give it a nice review. So thank you if you've, uh, if you've already done so. Uh, by the way, as far as YouTube goes, I'm still seeing that like 80% of the viewers on every video are not subscribed. So you know, do yourself a favor. Go ahead and hit that little button for me. Uh, that, that becomes a, a big help, and, uh, and you become a part of the community. So welcome, if this is your first time. All right, to start things off today, congrats to Tom Brady on his retirement. We have not spoken since then. Uh, if it's legit this time, of course. Now, what an incredible career that I doubt is ever going to be matched. I'm curious to see now if he moves on to the Fox booth or if he has something else in store. Uh, I have been out of my office. I have been at home since late Monday afternoon. At, we've been under an ice storm morning since 6 p.m. Central Time on Monday night, God's time zone. Uh, I got to tell you, getting work done has been uh, really few and far between with a toddler at the house. Uh, although he has been much more willing to take a nap uh, the last couple of days than the first couple, so that certainly helped. Um, when I've had time to put the show together, uh, that's that's when he's been napping. So that's, I finally got this thing done. Uh, he and I have almost completely planned out 
what he wants to do on our vacation here in a few weeks. So all in all, it, it was pretty nice to be away from the office for a little bit. Hopefully you all have had a wonderful week so far as well. Uh, but now let's go on and dive into the latest college football news. Now, I put out a video yesterday regarding Tommy Reese, Notre Dame offense coordinator, meeting with Alabama about their open OC position. Uh, now, you can go back and, uh, and watch that one if you haven't already seen it. But one thing that I did not bring up is the money aspect. Now, if this move becomes official, if Reese becomes the Alabama OC, from my understanding, it will not be because of money. Alabama has offered him $2 million per season, which, if reports are accurate, is exactly what he's making at Notre Dame. So if he takes the job, it's going to be because he wants to work with Nick Saban or at Alabama, rather than being in South Bend right now. Now, I'm still not certain what is going to come of this. Uh, Pete Sampson, Notre Dame beat writer for The Athletic, did report this. He said Notre Dame's media availability with grad transfer Sam Hartman, Thomas Harper, Caleb Smith, and Javante Jean-Baptiste uh, has been postponed from Friday to the following Friday, February 10th. Read into that what you will. I'm, I'm not certain what that means, uh, but I suppose we will see. There's also rumors coming out of Notre Dame that, uh, that the defensive coordinator, Al Golden, might be headed back to the NFL. So we'll see what this means for Notre Dame for sure. All right, moving along. The ACC announced their schedule on Monday night on the ACC Network which went head-to-head with their highest-ranked basketball team playing over on ESPN. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Uh, the ACC is entering their first season in a 3-5-5 schedule model, which they announced last June. It covers the 2023 through 2026 seasons, and then I'm sure they'll just toss everything back into a bag and shake it all up, and it'll be wonderful, right? This season, there are eight ACC schools that will play two Power 5 schools in their non-conference slate, and the league is going to play 12 games over a five-day span in Week 1. Uh, there's also six ACC games against Notre Dame, marking the first time that's happened since 2018, uh, not including the 2020 season where the Irish actually competed as a member of the conference. Uh, I believe North Carolina has the most difficult first four weeks of the season. They got games against South Carolina in Charlotte. They're hosting App State. They're hosting Minnesota, and then they have to play at Pitt. That's a pretty brutal stretch for Drake May uh, returning to Mac Brown's team. NC State has a final five-game stretch of, listen to this, Clemson, Miami, at Wake Forest, at Virginia Tech, and North Carolina to close out the season. So that was, that was pretty rough. Uh, Pitt plays at West Virginia in Week 3, giving us another season of the backyard brawl, which I feel like they should be playing every year, but I, I get the conference thing. Uh, they're also playing Syracuse in Yankee Stadium on November 11th, which is supposed to celebrate the 100th anniversary of football being played at the venue. Uh, Duke's big turnaround in Mike Elko's first year is going to have a difficult time replicating that 9-4 and record as the Blue Devils have a stretch starting in Week 5 of Notre Dame, bye week, NC State at Florida State at Louisville, and then Wake Forest on a Thursday night before then playing at Notre Dame, excuse me, at North Carolina, uh, before finishing the season at home against Virginia and, uh, excuse me, that's not right. I'm, I'm looking at the schedule wrong. They're finishing the season at Virginia and then home against Pitt. So Duke has got a rough schedule. Uh, this moving to no divisions thing is, is pretty, pretty rough on some of these teams. Uh, Louisville, I think, ended up with the easiest schedule, which will certainly be welcomed in Jeff Brom's first season as coach. Uh, and as they move into life without quarterback Malik Cunningham, of course. They don't play Clemson, North Carolina, or Florida State, and their non-conference games are against Murray State, Indiana at the Colts Stadium. They're hosting Notre Dame, and they're hosting Kentucky. And so 
Lots to look forward to from the ACC schedule. Obviously, we're going to go through each team's schedule as we head into summer during our team previews. Uh, but that's just a little little precursor for right now. Uh, moving along, we do need to talk about the Big 12. But first, uh, Winning Cures Everything is brought to you by BetUS. Uh, with fast payouts, fantastic customer service, a myriad of options to bet on, and an easy-to-use layout, it is easy to see why it's been America's favorite online sports book for nearly 30 years. Right now, you can wager with a $50 free play with no deposit required just by signing up using that link in the description. So go ahead, take advantage of the deal, get signed up over at BetUS, where the game begins. All right, moving along. Right down my times here. You guys know this is a one-man operation. Following the ACC schedule release, after some accidental leaks on Monday night, the Big 12 went ahead and announced their schedule on Tuesday, meaning the only conferences that have not released their schedules for the 2023 college football season are the AAC, the MAC, the Mountain West, and the Sun Belt. So we've got some G5 leagues, or, or P6, whatever you want to call the AAC, that we're still waiting to see exactly how they're going to set up. Uh, but I think they needed those those P5 ones to get done first for ESPN and Fox, etc., to go on and start trying to get some scheduling done, from what I understand. But alas, back to the Big 12. Uh, neither Texas nor Oklahoma has done anything with the Big 12 football schedule release. They are the only two teams in the Big 12 that did not do a custom schedule release. <laughs> Instead, both teams just retweeted the conference's original schedule grid. Uh, I'm not sure if this is petty, if it's calculated, uh, if there's something else going on. Uh, there are still rumors floating that this is going to be their last year in the conference. There's still a lot of work left to go there. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was reported today that it appears that that deal might be dead and they're going to be here through the 2024 season. We'll see. Let's, let's dive into the schedule just a little bit. Oklahoma has to play at Cincinnati, at BYU, and they're hosting UCF this season in their nine-game conference schedule, while Texas is hosting BYU the week after they have to play at Houston. Now, I do find it a bit odd that the Sooners are playing back-to-back -back games at Tulsa and at Cincinnati in weeks three and four. Seems a little strange that something that Oklahoma would normally be able to weasel their way out of. Uh, TCU's encore performance, after making last season's national title game, includes a trip to Houston in Week 3, uh, but their stretch from Week 7 through Week 14 is absolutely brutal. BYU at Kansas State, a bye week at Texas Tech on a Thursday, then they host Texas, they host Baylor, and they play at Oklahoma on a Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's rough. Uh, the Big 12 did schedule BYU a Friday home game against Cincinnati on September 29th, so as to not interfere with the Latter-day Saint General Conference. So that was certainly nice of them. Uh, BYU also plays at Arkansas and at Kansas in Weeks 3 and 4 before that Cincy game, and then plays at TCU after a bye week. And so BYU, going to be interesting to see what they can do this year. As far as most difficult stretches, uh, Texas gets at Baylor, hosts Kansas, and then Oklahoma in Weeks 4 through 6, and then after a bye week they have at Houston, BYU, Kansas State, at TCU in weeks 9 through 12. I mean, a pretty, pretty rough stretch there, and they are talented enough to be able to deal with that, but uh, Kansas State, who is last season's champion, had a stretch from week 6 through week 11 of at Stillwater, you know, at Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, TCU at home, Houston at home, at Texas, and then Baylor before they play at Kansas and they host Iowa State to finish the year. It, it does not get easy in this conference, guys. Oklahoma State somehow managed to draw Cincinnati, 
Oklahoma, at UCF, at Houston, and BYU as their last, uh, their last five games of the year. So all four of the newcomers with the Sooners thrown in there as well. I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, West Virginia, along with their conference schedule, they have to play Penn State and Pitt in the non-con, and they get five Big 12 road games this year at TCU, at Houston, at UCF, at Oklahoma, and at Baylor. And they host Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, BYU, and Cincy. It will be an absolute miracle if Neil Brown is able to win enough games to keep his job with that schedule. I mean, the Big 12 is going to be bonkers to watch this season. I cannot wait to see how competitive the AAC newcomers can be, what the atmospheres are going to be like in their stadiums for these games. I mean, it's going to be nuts. Absolutely nuts. Let's move along to uh, National Signing Day. Let's do a little bit of a recap on what happened on Wednesday. The The bigger signing day at this point is December, right? I mean, it, the National Signing Day has come and gone. You kind of get the feeling that a lot of people didn't even know it was happening. Uh, five-star tight end Deuce Robinson didn't commit or sign anywhere, although most people still believe he will end up at Georgia if he doesn't end up in the MLB draft. Now, including transfers, Kenny Dillingham and Arizona State are bringing in 46 new players this year. Colorado is bringing in 40. Uh, the NCAA got rid of the incoming player limit, so it's a completely different world we're living in at the moment. Uh, speaking of Arizona State, four-star quarterback Jaden Rashada did sign with the Sun Devils. That left Florida without a quarterback recruit this year as the only other guy they were in on, four-star quarterback Marcus Stokes, the number 25 quarterback in the class per 247. He signed with the West Florida Argonauts. He's the only top five quarterback that did not sign with a P5 school, although he had offers from Florida and Penn State. Uh, Florida did bring in Graham Mertz in the transfer portal. So they do have quarterbacks, but whew, you, you would like to have gotten a little more. Uh, Nick Harbor, the five-star absolute certified freak committed to South Carolina. Uh, he gave the Gamecocks their first five-star signee since 2020, Although there was so much room between their number 16 class and Texas A&M at number 15 that it didn't actually move Shane Beamer's bunch up in the overall rankings. Uh, But getting a kid like that to Columbia, I mean, that definitely helps build momentum, and that is something that they are just swimming in right now. Hype, momentum, all that. Beamer's club certainly has it. Penn State moved from number 15 to start the day up to number 13. They hit on some of their biggest needs, including four four four-star offensive linemen, and they had a slew of defensive talents for Manny Diaz's defense, so that works. Uh, At the end of the day, it's the same old fellas in the top ten, right? Alabama signed the top class in the country, third best class of all time, with nine five-stars and 18 four-stars. Georgia finished number two, Texas number three, and normally I would say pay attention to this one. I mean, Sark now has the number three, number five, and number 15 overall classes in his three seasons. But you look back at what Tom Herman had, uh, he had number nine, number three, number three, and number 25. Uh, so normally this would create a lot of hype because when you've got that kind of talent, you've got everything you need to be able to compete for a conference title and a playoff spot. But Texas is moving to the SEC soon, and even with four top five classes in the last six years, they've only got one 10-win season to show for it in that time span, and that season took a bowl win just to get there. So anyway, back to the rankings. Oklahoma, they finished number four, which was much needed after a blah first season for Brent Venables and company. Uh, number five is Ohio State. They only took 20 kids. That's why they're so far down. Uh, typically, their class would be right up in the top three. Brian Kelly's first real class at LSU finishes number six. Cristobal's first real class at Miami is number seven. At, there's a trend here, of course. Dan Lanning's first real class at Oregon is number eight. Josh Heupel, 
got Tennessee up to number nine, and Notre Dame finishes number 10 in Marcus Freeman's first real class, which is actually lower than the last two classes for the Irish, uh, if you're trying to pay attention to why Tommy Reese uh, might be leaving Notre Dame. Michigan is all the way back at number 18. TCU is at number 19. You got some pretty interesting names in that top 20 there. Uh, just according to stats, there are 38 five-stars according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. And if you count Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC has 28 of them. If you don't, they've only got 21. Uh, but if you count USC and UCLA for the Big Ten, then the Big Ten has four five-stars. The Pac-12 got two, and the ACC got four. The top talent is still a little bit lopsided. I say a little bit jokingly. On the other side, we got to talk about Ryan Day and Ohio State's play calling, uh, excuse me, Iowa State, the Big 12, Pac-12 meetings this week, and more. But first, I want you all to check this out. Let's check out some things you should know about. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, expert game analysis only on the BetUS TV College football channel. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. And now, back to the show. Ohio State coach Ryan Day spoke at a press conference on Wednesday about the Buckeyes' plans regarding who will call plays for the offense this season. Either he or new offensive coordinator Brian Hartline, of course the former wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator. Uh, I will admit it was a bit confusing. Day stated, what we're going to do is go through the spring, uh, talk to Brian about that, create some environments where we can have Jim call it, have an opportunity for Brian to call it, and then we'll come up for air at the end of spring, figure out what the dynamic looks like going into the preseason and obviously the season. We won't decide on any of that now, but give him an opportunity to call it this spring and see how that goes. Okay. Uh, Day then explained how the added pressure of calling plays can weigh on him in season. Uh, he said, year after year, you sit down, you evaluate everything in the program. 
evaluate where college football is, demands of the job, the way it is now as opposed to two years ago, four years ago. Have to look at time management. I think during the season or during the offseason, no problem at all. Beginning of the season, pretty good. As we get to the middle of the season, end of the season, I feel that there's time where I have to manage my time a little bit better. Make sure that, as the head coach, there's enough presence going around the building later in the season. Trying to figure out how to read that. Making sure that I'm evaluating myself as the head coach the right way. And there's a lot of different things that are changing on a daily basis. Whether that's giving up the play calling or letting Brian do it or not, we'll decide that here in the next few months probably. But just trying to figure out how to do a better job. I'll let you soak that in. Basically, they're going to experiment in the spring. And it, his comment about letting Jim Knowles call it, that was interesting because he didn't really specify if he meant the offense there. But I'm extremely curious to hear about their spring practices uh, even more so at this point. I mean, the job of a head coach is so much more than just calling plays these days. So finding somebody that you trust to run both sides of the ball while you handle the overall duties is absolutely paramount to the team's success. If Harline takes over play calling, that's not going to mean that Day is not involved in the offensive game plan or in play calling on game days, but it will mean that he trusts someone to make his team better, which is, I think, a big step forward. We're going to keep an eye on this one, of course, through spring practice and see what ends up coming out of this, but uh, that's interesting. Very interesting to say the least. Now, before we move on, if you guys can do me a favor, go ahead and hit that like button. It uh, it looks like this right here. It's a little thumbs up button. We're in a different kind of world now. It's not just about views, etc. The way that you can support the show and help us continue our growth is by clicking that like button and clicking the subscribe button. And, of course, you know, sharing the show, telling your friends about it. Uh, also, just throwing that out there, we got some pretty good gear over on the web store, which you can find at winningcureseverything.com. Just saying. Just saying. Let's talk about Iowa State. Per CycloneFanatic.com, Matt Campbell says, Nate Skilhas, I hope I say that right, will be calling plays for Iowa State in the 2023 season. Nate has been at Iowa State since 2018. He was the running backs and wide receivers coach, along with the running game coordinator the last two seasons. Uh, he'll take over the offensive coordinator role from Tom Manning, who was let go after the season. I'm extremely curious. What Ohio State, excuse me, what Iowa State, I'm always going to mess these up. I swear, Iowa State, Ohio State is basically the same thing, right? Uh, Iowa, I'm curious what Iowa State looks like this season, what their new place is going to be uh, in this new version of the Big 12. I mean, their schedule this season only includes two of the new members, and they're both road games at Cincinnati and at BYU. Uh, let, let's see what this Cyclones team looks like going forward. Uh, making a change on offense is certainly the first step because, whew, I mean, it was dreadful. Last season, just dreadful. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk Pac-12. John Wilner had an interesting article at the Mercury News concerning the Pac-12 media rights strategy, basically explaining that the Big 12's recent TV deal undercut the Pac-12's negotiations. Uh, let me go ahead and read from the article. It says the two leagues are similar in valuation. The Pac-12 has better media markets and the two top football brands—that's Washington and Oregon. Uh, while the Big 12 has better competitive depth and a superior basketball product. As the realignment waters settled and it became clear the Big 10 was not adding more schools, the hotline pegged valuation ranges for the Pac-12 and Big 12 as the following. The Pac-12, 35 to 40 million per school per year. The Big 12, 38 to 42 million per school per year. 
But then the landscape changed dramatically, he says. The Big 12 prioritized security over cash, opting to renew its partnerships with ESPN and Fox instead of waiting a year to hit the open market. The resulting seven-year deal, reportedly worth $31.7 million per year per school, uh, made sense given the league's tumultuous past, but it undercut the Pac-12's negotiating position. Whereas the Big Ten's deal had served as a valuation North Star for the conference, the Big 12's agreement became its Southern Cross to bear. So at this point, the Pac-12 media rights deal is not done, right? And the, the part that he did not mention in this article is that ESPN and Fox are giving this as basically exposure. It's like you're paying for exposure with those two uh, television networks, right? So no, you're probably not going to get exactly what you're worth. Um, but again, the Pac-12 media rights deal is not done yet. They had a meeting earlier in the week, and things are honestly just not going well. It has been rumored that Arizona State, at the least, is not happy with the numbers from the projected media deal. And one of the four schools, uh, or excuse me, Arizona State was one of the four schools, along with Oregon, Washington, and Arizona, that's really not interested in expanding the conference. You know, not bringing in San Diego State, etc. Things are going to be very interesting in this conference going forward. Uh, that meeting was just another sign of things to come. But I am, I'm a little surprised uh, at, at what all is happening there. I thought that they were a little more united than they appear to be. Uh, but since we, since we talked about the Pac-12, I mean, we got to hit on the Big 12 as well, right? Uh, the Big 12 met in Dallas, Texas on Thursday in the middle of this ice storm. Ugh. I, I hate any, or I hate it for anybody that had to drive into that, uh, or fly in, I guess. Uh, but they met in the middle of this ice storm to discuss several things. One, Gonzaga's potential membership as a basketball-only school, the possibility of expansion if the Pac-12 can't get a decent media rights deal done, and the possibility of an early exit to the SEC for Texas and Oklahoma. So let's start off with the Sooners and the Longhorns. Uh, apparently, the first report was that their first offer was rejected, although. It's been reported that both the schools leaving and the Big 12 rejected the initial offer, so I'm not sure what exactly happened there. Uh, everyone seems to be reporting now that Texas and OU leaving early is officially dead, but uh, this came from Brett McMurphy, uh, and it kind of leaves the door cracked just a bit. He tweeted, Chances of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 early to join the SEC in 2024 is not officially dead, but sources told the Action Network that they are not optimistic it happens, quote, unless somebody blinks. Uh, it said, in December, all parties were hopeful deal between OU, UT, Big 12, ESPN, and Fox would get done. Now, if I had to make a guess, we will eventually get to a point where OU and Texas are playing in the SEC in the 2024 football season, the same time that the SEC TV contract begins with ABC and ESPN, uh, and when USC and UCLA move from the Pac-12 to the Big 10, and when the expanded playoff begins as well. You want to get all of these things somewhat aligned. Right, I, I think even the Big Twelve would want that, but you got to get the media partners on board as well. It, somebody's got to be able to give up something, right? Uh, now on to Gonzaga. There's not a single Power Five league that has a basketball-only member, uh, but we are in strange times, my friends. Uh, the Big Twelve could be looking for a splash after OU and Texas leave, and while basketball only brings in typically about twenty percent of the media rights money, this would certainly be considered a splash. Gonzaga's current contract with ESPN and CBS expires in 2026 and 2027. Now, why 
would Gonzaga be interested in doing this? Well, playing a tougher schedule every year in the toughest basketball league in the country? Yeah, why, why would they be interested in that? Uh, a big reason uh, from Dennis Dodd over at CBS, he said, is security. Uh, the NCAA Transformation Committee recommended growing the NCAA tournament and possibly getting rid of the automatic conference qualifiers. Now, Gonzaga plays a difficult enough schedule as it is. I don't think that they would have to worry about that because I think they can get in even if they don't win the WCC. But, alas, you get a little more security when you play inside the Big 12, I guess. Uh, let's look at possible Big 12 expansion. Uh, besides Gonzaga, of course. I believe it's safe to say that Oregon and Washington, the two biggest name brands in the Pac-12, are not going to move to the Big 12, even though they are rumored to not be interested in expanding the Pac-12. The latest rumors that you know Arizona State let it be known that they are not happy with the projected Pac-12 media deal makes the idea of Big 12 expansion at least worth talking about. Uh, the Big 12 adding Arizona and Arizona State makes a lot of sense on a geographic level. And moving the Pac-12 into a weakened state uh, with only eight teams is, I'm sure, something that Brett Yormark is interested in. Uh, as we've talked about before, the Big 12 media deal allows expansion, and the ESPN portion, about 63%, automatically kicks in a pro rata clause if the conference adds another P5 member, which means that ESPN knows that the Pac-12 is hanging by a thread. Going to be interesting to watch th th as all this stuff goes through. The Big 12, the only... Uh, contention right now is is whether or not they want to add Gonzaga as a basketball-only member and whether or not they allow Oklahoma and Texas to leave early for the SEC. Uh, either way, you don't really have a loss here because you've got everything locked in. All your guys are set up. You are good to go. You've got your grant of rights. you got your media deal. You're rocking and rolling. And you got the strongest basketball conference in the country. I mean, just absolutely insane. Let's talk about Iowa. <laughs> Kirk Ferentz was quoted on National Signing Day as saying, I anticipate no changes on our staff moving forward. That's my plan, certainly. I think we do have a terrific staff. I thought they did a great job last year in tough circumstances and navigated us through some big challenges. I thought our guys really coached at a high level. Now, Iowa is one of the only five FBS teams to win at least eight games each season since 2015, not including 2020, of course. Uh, so normally this would make sense. But if you were to have a coaching staff that finished number 121 or worse in every single offensive metric last season, that would certainly force a change at most places, at least that the, the coach's son is not the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Uh, former Michigan quarterback Kate McNamara has transferred in. They lost a lot of their skill position talent, which wasn't much to begin with. Um, but that, that means any kind of turnaround is certainly going to be a surprise. But, I mean, you never say never. Uh, even moving into about the top 80 could have meant the difference in several games this year for Iowa. The question will be uh, whether or not the defense stays at the consistently high level it's been with the defensive coordinator Phil Parker holding the reins on that side of the ball, along with their stingy special teams. Like, this is... Such an interesting thing to look at, but Iowa is a different place. I will tell you that. It is a different, different place. All right. Uh, Chris Lowe reported on Twitter today, Todd Grantham, who interviewed for the Alabama defensive coordinator job, has decided to return to the NFL as an assistant with the New Orleans Saints, sources told ESPN. 
Uh, Grantham was an analyst at Bama last season. He worked in the NFL for 11 seasons and was defensive coordinator at three different SEC schools. Uh, I will be the first to admit it has been weird to not have third and Grantham in the SEC this season. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what happens. Uh, again, I've brought this up multiple times. Most coaches prefer to be in the NFL now. You have more off days. You don't have to recruit. It's a different deal, right? So it's not surprising to me that Grantham either wanted to be a D.C. where he may not have to recruit as much. You can lean on the staff a little more for that. Or go back to the NFL where you actually do have time away from the office. Wouldn't surprise me at all. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Winning Cures Everything. Uh, as always, if there's something you want me to talk about on the show, feel free to hit me up at GaryWCE on Twitter or email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, again, the show is brought to you by BetUS. Make sure that you get signed up using that link in the description. You will get a $50 free play, no deposit required. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. All right. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Uh, watch the Senior Bowl. And uh, until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, God bless college football, and hopefully all your bets cash this weekend. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, and make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE, and the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.